the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And she is off tonight for a well-deserved night off. This is Brian Maloney filling in for Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Great to have you with us. And I don't know how we're going to pack all this into one short hour. It will be a, a test of talk show hosting abilities. Uh, and uh, so we'll see how we, how we go. But I have Noah here to help me out tonight. So that makes it much easier. And we're going to have you calling in to join us, one 1170 That's 1-888-344-1170. So let's get right into the show because, uh, you know, I mean, every three seconds there's another crazy headline, and it is impossible to keep up with all this. And I've been in this business for a million years, and I'm used to fast-moving headlines but absorbing a lot of information. And I'm finding myself completely overwhelmed. So I can't imagine where everybody else is at. Um, you know, last we're hearing now is that Putin seems to be bringing in the A team where he had kind of the, the B team or the junior varsity uh, in there first. Uh, now he seems to be bringing in there's a 40 mile convoy of who knows what coming into Ukraine. So he has responded to everything the West has thrown at him by ratcheting all of it up. And when you look at how the West has mishandled this, uh, it's no surprise. I mean, they did, they completely underestimated Putin and didn't think about the fact that Putin has been planning this for 30 years. So do you really think that Putin would launch this invasion without having thought through every ramification, every possible reaction? And this idea, there's this news narrative out there. Oh, you know, Putin's just, he's overwhelmed. He's losing this thing already. And what we're really losing, what has been lost here is the truth. Uh, we don't know what the truth is. What we have is horrible coverage in the news media. We don't know what is factual and what is completely made up. I'm going to get to that in a minute, by the way. That's been awful. And I think as Americans, what we've forgotten is because uh, we haven't been in a, a war. We're not even, we shouldn't even be in this one. We shouldn't be anywhere near this one. Uh, but what we have forgotten is that in wartime, there is there are two propaganda machines going on, one from one end, the other from the other end. And we also have Washington's version of all of it, too, thrown in there. So what we have is a muddled mess. Nobody knows what's really going on. Uh, and in the past, you know, you think back to wars that were televised. I mean, the one I always think of is the Persian Gulf War. Um, and, you know, we, we watched it all unfold on CNN back when people actually watched CNN. Uh, and it was an important channel back then, believe it or not. It's hard to, hard to imagine now. But at the time, in fact, that was, that was what put CNN on the map was that war. You watched the coverage. Now, they did fake some of the coverage. We know that there are clips of this. Um, one of these clown reporters was, was on a set and, you know, pretending to be in Saudi Arabia. I had to work with that guy at a radio station later. It was awful, but another story for another day. But 
bottom line was you had a sense of how the war was unfolding and developing what was happening. Uh, you know, what's the latest too? I mean, I don't know if you can answer, you know, who's winning or who's not winning, but you at least had some video or you had some uh, clear understanding of what's going on. What we have instead this time is a, a vacuum uh, where the reporting should be. So nobody's out there trying to get the facts. What people are out there trying to do is push a narrative, whatever their narrative is, about how great everything is the way they want it to be. So you have ideological camps pushing narratives. Uh, and that's not getting us any closer to the truth. And keep in mind, this is a war that we could get pulled into. And as a poll saying only 28% of Americans want U.S. troops, you know, in the middle of this, well, yeah, I, I, you know, who are those 28%? Are they going to send their kids over there for this? And then we have politicians talking, like Eric Swalwell, uh, talking about, oh, let's have a no-fly zone inside Ukraine where, you, you know, where U.S. forces would shoot down Russian planes. Now, think about this. Those of you who grew up and experienced the Cold War, and people are saying this is a new Cold War. No, this is a hot war. It's not a Cold War. If you grew up during the Cold War or was already an adult, whatever your age is, uh, you experienced this. What you may recall is that the war stayed cold because we did not engage directly with Russia. Uh, you know, we had proxy wars and we had, you know, we skirted around it one way or another, but we never was, we were never on a battlefield, U.S. versus Russia. You remember anything like that? No. I mean, maybe, and maybe we were, in a, like I said, in an oblique sense or somebody was wearing somebody else's uniform or whatever, CIA, I know, I know, I know all that. But what I'm saying is this would be direct combat with Russia, which is the most insane thing you can imagine. And don't forget, Russia is armed to the teeth with nuclear weapons. How far do you want to push uh, Putin? How far do you want to push this? So that's why we're in a, a terrible situation here, made so much worse by the fact that Washington has no idea what it's doing. Uh, and there's no leadership in the White House because he spent the weekend at home in Delaware. I mean, you've got World War III unfolding, and he went home supposedly to attend a, a wake or a, a service, memorial service for, for a woman who, and turned out the, the service was two or three days earlier in the week. So that was just made up. Uh, he comes back to Washington, and there is a clip of Biden, a really strange clip, and a reporter asks him, you know, whether Americans should be worried about a nuclear strike. He ignores the question. I'm not even sure if he heard it. Uh, and he's walking in the, uh, you've got to see this clip, find it on social media, whatever. This clip is real. I mean, it's coming from the, it's coming from all over the place, news wires, whatever. It's right from the white house today. And he is walking in the most bizarre manner, a very, um, deliberate kind of walk. It's very, very strange. It's, it's, I've never seen him like that before. Uh, methodical kind of walk. And some people had theories about this. I have no idea, but I mean, there's nobody home upstairs. And not only this, and I told you I was going to pack a lot into this hour. Uh, not only that, but Joe Biden referred to the vice president, Kamala Harris, as the president. Now, that has happened many, many times over the last year, but always from Joe 
I'm not sure if Jill ever made that mistake before. So then that begs the question, is that actually a mistake or are they trying to get us in the frame of thinking that, you know, this, this transition is about to take place. Uh, something's going on. I mean, you know, with, with Joe, you could say, well, age, senility, whatever, you know, he makes this mistake a lot and he calls Kamala the president, but for Jill to do it, then you have to wonder if something else is going on. So one triple eight three four four eleven seventy. We definitely would love to hear your takes on all this uh, as I continue here. Because look, so this is one something that we really got to talk about. I think social media has been at its worst over the last week. The worst I've ever seen it since the advent of Facebook and Twitter and every, every single one of those things that we spend our time on. I'm as guilty as anybody, but I think it has been at its worst over the last week. People have been sharing memes, photos, whatever, uh, of things that are supposedly look, look at this uh, moving scene from the war. And it turns out to be phony. I mean, almost every single one of these memes has been debunked and there's a list of them and various news agencies are starting to get on the ball with this and realize, wow, a lot of real garbage has been spread around. And even some individuals that I know have been looking into some of this stuff saying, you know, I saw this image and it just didn't look right. And when I looked, because you can do reverse image searches using Google images and there's a site called Tenai dot com t-i-n-e-y-e dot com you can plug an image into there and you'll, it'll tell you where the image first came from so if the image turns out to be from three years ago rather than two days ago then it's not of the war in ukraine and that's what we're seeing come up over and over and over so in fact i so i posted a a list it's at the red wave america page on facebook most of the news out of ukraine is fake um, and there's a list, there's eight on the list there, but I mean, there are hundreds more. So I have uh, in front of me here. So you may have seen an image, a very moving image of a woman in, in, in an embrace with her husband, who is a soldier and he's headed off to war. And in one of the tweets that went viral on this, Ukrainian soldiers leaving their loved ones to fight for their country, absolutely heartbreaking. And she's in tears and, you know, it just looks incredible. So some people started to look into this and try to figure out, because this looks a little too slick to be real, but it had already spread all across social media. You've seen it. I bet you've already seen this picture. It turns out that it's from a movie uh, called The War of Chimeras, 2017 war drama, uh, Eastern European war drama, the story of love, life, and death. And there, there it is, the exact image. It's from a movie. Uh, we also saw that, so the cover of every newspaper in Britain yesterday, almost every one, every Sunday morning newspaper, was of a woman who, whose face was kind of mangled, an elderly woman in a bomb blast. Have you seen that photo? I bet you have. That turned out to be from a gas explosion in 2018. So we are seeing time and again and again, these things turned out to be garbage. Oh, we're also seeing that a lot of these supposed war images that are so moving and touching are from video games. So they are screenshots of video games. Uh, and we've, we've got a number of examples of that. 
In fact, there's, you know, you've heard about the ghost of Kiev, uh, this uh, shooting down a Russian uh, was is from a digital combat simulator animation. The ghost of Kiev, whoever this person is supposed to be, identified as Samuel Hyde is actually a picture of Sam Hyde, an internet, uh, internet prankster. The photo of the two children watching a convoy pass holding the flag. I know you've seen that photo. You couldn't have missed that one. If you've had your phone on, your computer on, somebody sent you that photo. The one as the convoy passes and they're holding the Ukraine flag and the girl in pink has a teddy bear and the boy is saluting uh, and there's a flag. That's from 2016. So this (laughs) is just, I mean, oh, and the Snake Island Martyrs who were supposedly killed. Um, there's no evidence anybody was killed there. So, I mean, you know, did you notice in the video of that that everybody watched, including me, did you notice there was nothing about any explosion? You heard the exchange, the verbal exchange back and forth where they were cussing and swearing or whatever. You heard that. But did you notice how the video cut off before there's any sign of action taken, military action? It, I found that interesting. It's like, well, where's the explosion? So that, again, question everything. If a friend shares a meme, ask where it came from. If you're not satisfied, do a reverse image search, Google Images or TNI.com. Put the thing in there, upload the image. It'll tell you where it came from the first time around. It's the best tool you have out there to spot the fakes because they are ever. So what we have had is fake, fake, fake and no actual war coverage. All right, so look, we're going to take your calls in. This is the Andrea K. Show with Ryan Maloney filling in tonight on The Answer San Diego. 1-888-344-1170. That's 1-888-344-1170. We're going to take your calls and just keep packing stuff into this hour. So hang in there because that's just going to get better from here. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Facebook at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E, and connect with her on ourfreenation.org. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. So, when you want the facts, you want the truth, you want to know what's really going on in this war. And you start questioning any of the narrative, you start questioning anything, someone, and I'm sure you've already experienced this, and this immediately shuts down the conversation. Someone will say, oh, you must be supporting Putin. And then, boom, there goes the conversation. Rather than, hey, uh, how did a war get started between Ukraine and Russia? Is it just because Putin's a madman and decided to invade a neighboring country, or is there something more to it? Is anybody looking into the causes and the 20 year buildup of events that got us to this point and who's responsible for all of that, which is 100% the fault of Washington. And I'm going to get into that because when you, the more you look into this, the more you see this war was created out of thin air by idiots in Washington who had been egging on both sides for 20 years needlessly, uh, pointlessly, and all in the name of a, of a just useless expansion of NATO into a place where it doesn't belong. And that's Ukraine. It's the Andrea K. Show with Brian Maloney filling in tonight. 
here on the Answer San Diego. Great to have you with us. One triple eight three four four eleven seventy. That's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. So, you know, it's it's hard to even know sometimes. Some, some just reading some of this stuff. Uh, if you question anything, there's a column in the New York Post. Uh, let's see, strange left right alliance making excuses for Putin. This just came out this afternoon in the New York Post. Kyle Smith is sort of kind of conservative, sort of, I guess, kind of moderate, mushy, whatever. Uh, He writes opinion pieces for the New York Post sometimes. So what he's saying is, isn't it weird there are people on the left and the right who seem to have joined together in questioning all these motives and by the way, doing the bidding of Vladimir Putin. I can't speak for all these people out there, but I doubt that more than maybe one or two of the looniest ones out there are making any excuses for, I don't know anybody on the side of Putin. I don't know anyone. No one. But what happened in social media over the last week has been a scary, scary lesson to me. Uh, in how easily all this can just turn into, oh, all of a sudden we're all on one side of a fresh war that broke out and we're all up in arms over it. And not one person I've seen out there has taken the time to look into the causes, the circumstances, and the events. So the argument then becomes, well, if you're not on the side of Ukraine, you must be on the side of Putin. But why isn't it possible to say, I'm not on either side, I'm against both of these corrupt countries, and who I blame and who I'm opposed to the most is Washington. Washington caused this mess, and nobody in Washington is going to take responsibility for it, not when they could pin it all on other players. It started 20 years ago. That speech Putin gave about a week ago where he mentioned uh, which was odd. I couldn't figure out what he was saying at the time, but now we know what it was. Uh, when he mentioned that something that he had said to Clinton, I couldn't figure out, was he talking about Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton? Something that he had said to Clinton about NATO and that he had never talked about it before. That was in his televised address. You may have seen that and scratched your head. We all were. So since then, it has been clarified what Putin did was over 20 years, 22 years ago, 2000. I guess that's a long time ago now. 2000. Putin asked Clinton, can Russia join NATO? Russia at the time was struggling economically, was pretty weak in every regard, and looking toward the West and interested in integrating with the West, which was the logical thing for Russia to do after the breakup of the Soviet Union. Putin said, may Russia join NATO, which would have immediately ended all of these problems that came about for the next 20 years had someone in Washington said yes. But you know what Washington said? No, because we need Russia as our designated enemy so that we can write up, you know, trillions of dollars in new weapons spending, defense spending, defense contractors who own Washington. They own K Street and the lobbying firms there. They own them. They own the halls of Congress, along with Big Pharma and whatever else. 
mostly those two industries own and run the government in Washington the way they please and almost no one else. So that could not be because if you didn't have Russia as your enemy, who would you have? Because China in 2000 hadn't risen into what it is now. So China wasn't really a threat yet in 2000. We weren't too worried about it. So these defense contractors looked around and said, whoa, that's way too much peace for, uh, that, you know, for, for one uh, world to uh, experience there because you know, we're going to lose our shirts on that. You know, if everybody is inside NATO, what are we going to do? Where, who are you going to go to war with? So it was said, they said no. So since then, instead of, of making this situation calm, the United States and Western Europe pointlessly, needlessly added member after member to NATO, which is kind of a decrepit, decaying organization, doesn't really have a lot of purpose anymore. Uh, and, you know, it's a relic of the Cold War. But they added 14 more states to it. And every one of those additions was an Eastern European state that got NATO closer and closer and closer to Russia without letting Russia into NATO. So next thing you know, you've got NATO, this alliance of all these countries on Russia's doorstep. Now, think about it this way. Think about it this way. What if... The CCP, what if China entered into an alliance with Canada or Mexico or both, and suddenly thousands of troops and tanks and weapons and planes were sitting on our borders north and south, We're all with CCP uh, markings, PLA markings. And all of a sudden, we were staring at that every day, wondering when they were going to cross those porous borders uh, onto our side. Imagine if we had that. How would America respond? We would be petrified, furious. We would be everything under the sun. It would be a threat to our daily existence. That's how the East feels. That's why it isn't just Putin. Uh, why do you think the entire country of Russia hasn't revolted against the guy? Why do you think so? Oh, we've heard about a few demonstrations, a couple thousand people. Why, why is it that they haven't knocked him right out of power or whatever? Because it's an Eastern perspective. And we're looking at everything from a Western perspective, which is not their perspective. Their perspective is a foreign power is encroaching on our borders with a bunch of weapons and, and an alliance. Uh, and, and all backed by the United States of America. And it's breathing down our neck here. That's what this is ultimately about. And the fact that Ukraine is essentially two countries. There is the West of Ukraine speaking Ukrainian and Western aligned. And East Ukraine speaking Russian and Eastern aligned. Two, it's a badly drawn country that is essentially in two parts. Now, is Putin trying to take over uh, the country? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I think he wants to trash the Western part of it, just trash it so that it's no longer a threat, and then just absorb the Eastern half, which is a bunch of Russian-speaking people who gravitate toward Moscow, and take that half. He's already taken pieces of it because they're all Russian speakers, and they're not opposing him in the slightest. They're already a natural fit with, with the East and with Russia. 
So that's how we got to this mess, but I haven't even gotten to the to the beginning of it in terms of Washington's role in this. So we're going to talk more about this because this is just one of those hours. I tell you, one triple eight three four four eleven seventy one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. So much more to come on the Andrea K Show with Brian Maloney on the Answer San Diego. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter and Instagram at Andrea K Show, spelled K A Y E, and connect with her on ourfreenation.org. Andrea K. The Donut Queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. And we are going to be getting into other news tonight, including the suicide of one of the J6 defendants. It will break your heart, and we need to talk about it because so many stories, so many things are getting buried in a news cycle. It is overwhelming with war, whatever updates. I'm not going to call it news. There's not much news. Uh, there's a lot of war opinions floating around out there. But what we're not, you know, seeing is, I mean, okay, what's happening with the truck convoy that's already gathering steam and heading toward Washington? You hearing about that? Nope. So what is being buried when the shiny object has all of our attention? And this is a very, very shiny object. This is the Andrea K Show with Brian Maloney filling in tonight on the Answer San Diego. One triple eight three four four eleven seventy. That's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. So. Eric Swalwell, congressman of California, as you know, Sacramento, uh, is, of course, Democrat. As a, do I need to tell you any of this stuff? I hope not. Has been on a rampage today. And this really speaks to what's bothering me the most today. Here's the story. It's from Summit.News, uh, written by Steve Watson, video. Dem rep suggests kicking out every Russian student in the United States. Uh, do, you, do you think that does, first of all, any good? Would that do anything for the war? Uh, no. Is every Russian student in the United States right now responsible for what Putin is doing? No. So it's so much more than Swalwell being typically reckless because we know he's a lunatic and this is just the kind of stuff that comes out, you know, and that was on CNN, of course. I know you didn't see it because nobody's watching CNN. But what we have seen today or the last 48 hours or so are a lot of really disturbing updates about people taking matters into their own hands. There have been Russian themed restaurants in Washington, DC and elsewhere attacked windows broken, like a Russian tea room kind of place. Um, I mean, why, why? Because of Putin. I mean, does Putin own that restaurant? No. Is Putin related to these students you want to kick out? Uh, You know, when China proved to be the source of COVID number one and Evidence emerged of the massacre and the genocide of, of Uyghurs. Did, did we call for the 500,000 college students from China that are at our American universities every single year? Yes, it is that large a number. 500,000 a year. No. Court, did anybody say send all the students from China home? No. No, because every one of those universities would go out of business tomorrow. Every one of those students from China pays full freight. No discounts, no tuition aid, no anything. Scholarships, nothing. Those are 100% payments. 
That's why there are so many at these schools that are addicted to the revenue stream and they can't survive without it. So nobody called for that. Did anybody throw rocks through the, the, rest, uh, the windows of Chinese restaurants in America? No, it's absurd. It's ridiculous. Just as it's ridiculous to attack a Russian national or treat a Russian national any differently today than you would have last week or last month because of Putin. And when you and I go overseas, maybe we like the current president, maybe we don't. You know, it changes every four to eight years. Do we want to be blamed for everything that America has done that maybe we approved of or maybe we didn't? Of course not. So that's the absurdity to all of this. People are acting like lunatics out there. And there is nobody out there just trying to calm people down and say, knock it off. There's a hysteria out there that is being the flames of which are fanned by the media fanned by Washington, D.C. They are enjoying this. This is a deflection from the least popular president in known history. I didn't think a president could, number one, become this unpopular. There are only four states left, I believe, where uh, Biden has a above 50 percent approval rating, only like four. And of course, I think it's, you know, two of them are, of course, in New England. Guess which ones? And uh, California, and I think there's one other. I'm trying to think of which one it is. But everywhere else, he's underwater, uh, even in a lot of really blue states. So with that, uh, are you in this White House welcoming the distraction, the shiny distraction overseas? You're, you're loving this. You're loving it because it calls attention away from surging gas prices, scary inflation. Have you looked at the cost? of the things that you're buying at the grocery store. Uh, I mean, I know you have, because I have the jumps I've seen recently are just shocking. We're looking at oil heading toward, heading toward 120, 150 a barrel. Do you know what that will translate to? And not just in California with the highest gas prices, uh, prices in the nation, of course, but even in the areas that have had cheaper gas prices in the South and the Midwest, People are going to wake up to gas prices they never thought possible. They'll be afraid to get in their car and go anywhere. When gas is $8, $10, $12 a gallon, how much driving are you going to do? Uh, and, you know, are they doing anything about it? Oh, well, Biden's saying we need another strategic oil release from the reserve, which is, by the way, that, what's that oil stored for? For what time? Andrea was saying last week, Brian, all he has to do, too, with all of this stuff in play, reverse every policy he's made on energy so far. But is he going to do it? Of course not. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're continuing the policies of keeping pipelines shut uh, and no energy independence. We were an energy independent nation, uh, what, a year or two ago? And then we went back to buying all this oil from Russia. I mean, that's the that's the irony. And a lot of people have been pointing that out. We're financing the war against Ukraine by buying their oil because we won't allow it to be drilled here or run through pipelines to here from Canada. Uh, it's just unbelievable, isn't it? So who are we enriching the very regime that so many Americans are opposed to in Moscow? Uh, and, and the fact is, when you look at all the sanctions that are occurring or whatever, they're sidestepping this oil and gas issue. Because Europe will freeze to death without Russian energy. It's just a fact. 
and they could try to change that. It'll be 10 or 20 years from now before they can do it. Uh, and if, even if they get on it now and they've got plenty of time to do it, and they have it. So that's, that's the situation that we're in. But the bottom line is Washington is 100% responsible for this war. By turning down Putin's request for Russia to join NATO, which we didn't even know about till a week ago, but it happened in 2000 when he asked Clinton for this. And it was never in the news at the time. He never told Putin, never told anybody about it. Clinton never told anybody about it. It was kept secret. But the answer from Washington was a big fat no. And then you had in April 2008, you had an assertion that Ukraine would join NATO, which just infuriated the Russians. And it was pointless. We didn't need We didn't need this. We did not need Ukraine in NATO. And then we had Obama. Remember that car on camera with a hot mic telling Putin, in my second term, I'll have a lot more flexibility. Remember that? That was with Putin. So here we are. One triple eight three four four eleven seventy here on the Andrea K Show with Brian Maloney tonight, and coming up in a minute, I I think we're going to do this. We have a guest, so we have someone in Ukraine right now who is going to give us an update. He's an American and he's been living in, in Ukraine. Uh, he's going to give us an update about what he's been seeing from the ground. So we're very excited about this, and uh, if, if all goes correctly here according to plan we're going to have him on in just a couple of minutes here on the andrea k show the answer san diego so don't miss that get more from the andrea k show at ourfreenation.org just search andrea k spelled k-a-y-e a-k dynamite and address or just andrea k whatever you call her don't call her fake news it's the andrea k show on the answer san diego we have Brian Maloney filling in tonight. The Andrea K. Show on the Answer San Diego. One triple eight three four four eleven seventy. And at the end, we're going to get just a moment to talk about the suicide of a J six defendant, uh, Matthew Perna. And if you haven't heard about this, it is heartbreaking. But we've got to talk about it. But first, what I understand is we do in fact have our guest, who is an American living in Ukraine. Uh, and has some first-hand accounts of what he's been seeing there, which is a fantastic perspective to have. Joe Whitcomb, I understand, is on the line from Ukraine. Hello. Hi, guys. Uh, it's my morning here. It's about uh, 4.50 a.m. here in Kiev, Ukraine. 4.50 a.m., okay. A.m., a.m., yep, a.m. Okay, so, so what... Um, so, Joe, tell me, uh, you know, what are you seeing from where you live? Do you see bombs going off? Do you see explosions? Do you see shootings? I mean, do you see things out the window? Or do you leave the house? What is living there like right now? Yeah, well, my little microcosm here is a small sliver of a point of view, but the um, um, we've had a since Thursday, we've had a tremendous amount of uh, sirens going off. I've seen explosions. My my girlfriend uh, went back to the her apartment to pick up her son and things. And uh, on that first day, she saw a plane be uh, shot down and crashed there. She did. Yeah, the uh, the uh, yep yeah, in uh, in uh, which day was that? Explosion. Uh, that was Thursday. First day. Thursday. Okay, so Thursday, Thursday she saw a plane shot yeah. down. 
right in yeah. front of her. Yeah. Yeah. So, so is yeah. it to the point now where going about your daily business and running errands or taking kids to school or going shopping, are these things becoming very difficult now? Um, yeah, it's impossible really to, we're all in lockdown. There's martial law. We have curfew. We're unable to really move around. Um, since Friday, um, I've seen my own share of explosions, um, mostly gunfire and hand grenades going off here at the complex that I'm in proximity to. Uh, I am in a pretty safe area here around the Switzerland, um, embassy and uh, the Swiss embassy. So I've been very fortunate, but on Saturday, Sunday, we had, uh, right outside on my Facebook page, I posted that we had uh, a significant amount of gunfire. We, um, were forced down into a bunker, uh, below the, uh, the complex where, um, we were being, uh, sort of bunkered once where we bunkered down into our car, my girlfriend and uh, her son and myself. And there was about probably about 50 other Ukrainians down there. Um, I had interviewed some militia the day before uh, and guys that were protecting the complex that I'm at here in Kiev. They had, um, they had taken on fire that more uh, that day um, when we were in the garage, there's a lot of yelling, screaming uh, in Russian, which I didn't really understand myself. But it was, um, it was okay, in Russian. My girlfriend was. So uh, these are yeah. these are foreign troops. These are not. I mean, what, you know, are you dealing with? Are there Russians on the streets with checkpoints? I mean, we we hear all these different uh, news oh, reports, yeah. and nobody oh, yeah. knows what to believe. Yeah, all that's happening. Uh, the Russian, um, you know, well. Ukrainians speak Russian, so um, or Ukrainian, but most of them here speak Russian. So the Russian that was being uh, was the guys that were in that was in a the the underground bomb shelter with were yelling at or towards the Russian military that were above our uh, above ground there, letting them know that we had they had women and children that they were protecting and that they had guns. There was gunfire between them and the Russians. One of the militia military guys that uh, were part of this complex was shot and killed in front of my um, uh, my, uh, my building here. In front of your building, did you uh, see it? Uh, I did not see it actually happen. I saw what happened afterwards, um, but all the gunfire that was there. That was all day. Um, that was happening all throughout the evening. And then okay, the so following day, we were up in our uh, room, uh, my apartment. Go ahead. You had a question? Well, yes. Yeah, so I'm wondering, so when you're seeing this stuff, what happens when you need food? Or what, do you have electricity or internet? What are, what are the things going on that are affecting your daily life? I mean, you're seeing violence out in front, which is incredible. But at the same time, yeah. what's your daily routine at this point? Well, I'm I'm for I'm a foreigner, so I I, I can't even walk out of my apartment without um, the last uh, two or three times that I've been out, I've been uh, interrogated or asked, you know, what I'm doing there. Most people don't speak English, so it's very hard to communicate. 
Um, so I've, I've had to really sequester myself. Um, we do have electricity. I have food and I have water. Um, but, how do you uh, get food? How, love, when you run out of eggs, how do you I get love, them? I mean, if you can't, if you can't uh, leave the house, how do you get food? I mean, I have, how you, since you, can, uh, my girlfriend, she's Ukrainian. So she's, uh, okay, okay, okay. she picks it, she picks up food and supplies and stuff like that. So she's, She's been able, she went yesterday for about three or four hours to the store, uh, the grocery store, and uh, uh, it took three or four hours to get through the line, and when she finally got through uh, into the store, um, our, the, the cards weren't working. And The cards weren't so, working, so how do you pay? With cash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With the American dollars yeah, or some, right. or what currency do you use? No, no, you, no, grieve me, grieve uh, the Ukrainian money is is being accepted. Okay, so that but you have to have yeah, bills, yeah, yeah. right? Notes. Yeah. Uh, no. What about electricity um, and yeah. internet? Have these been going out? We keep hearing about the internet. What's going on with that? I haven't had any problems with the internet on my side, but that could be um, more of uncertain grids across the city that might have more difficulty or challenges. But I have not had any electricity outage or internet disruption um, on my side. Um, that okay. doesn't mean it won't change. So, in the, but, so uh, we've got about 30 seconds left before we're done for the hour here, but mm-hmm, in that, you know, what are you expecting next in our closing seconds? What do you think is going to happen next? Well, I mean, I would really, I, that's a great question. I think I would hope that the people begin to turn on Putin. The world turns on on this whole thing. Uh, I I do believe it will resolve itself at some point. Um, but uh, at this at this moment, we got Russian soldiers, Russian military. We got a convoy right here outside outside our doors here. Uh, I've heard lots of gunfire throughout the evenings. Yesterday, we had a guy come to the building, and and several guys take like three or four guys out by gunpoint and rapid fire between our. Well, that's very so disturbing stuff. Happened. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, oh yeah. Pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, well, what you know, what would be great? So, how can people follow what you're doing, real quick, and address this? Like, I see your Facebook page uh, they can, here. I'm gonna. Okay. Yeah, they can go on Facebook page. Um, I'm doing some live um, stuff there that they can go back. Yeah, and so I see it's Facebook.com, uh, Joe Whitcomb, too. too. Yeah. Like, okay. All yes, right, and I'll make Joe sure Andrea K. gives out your address tomorrow night's show, but we're out of time here. Yes. It's been the Andrea yeah. K. show. Yeah. It's Ryan Maloney filling in. Have a great evening. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.